You're listening to episode number five of the High Fiber podcast. Hello and welcome back, my wonderful creative people. Today, I am really excited to be talking to you about four things you can make and gift this Easter that are not chocolate. (laughs) I know that seems to go against the grain. We love chocolate. I'm addicted to chocolate. I love chocolate. Uh, But there's something that really, really bugs me about chocolates at Easter and essentially chocolates in the grocery store or the supermarket at Easter. They're so early they arrive straight after christmas they come with so much waste and packaging and just crap to be honest they really drive me nuts so i really wanted to give you some really thoughtful but simple easily achievable gifts that you can give to your kids to your friends kids to your loved ones this easter to take place of some of that chocolate that to be honest doesn't taste that great anyways i'm going to tell you a few simple swaps that you can make to make your chocolate side of Easter more enjoyable and more sustainable and then dive into four simple projects using cotton yarn that you can make whip up in the next month and gift uh, with love at Easter. You're listening to the High Fiber Podcast, where we chase those high vibe feelings while keeping it crafty. So pack your project bag, because we're going on a worldwide adventure to discover the magical, mysterious, and heartwarming stories behind the fibers we love to spin, knit, and squish. In this podcast, I'll be getting up close and personal with sheep, camels, goats, and people to answer all the questions you've ever had about fiber. I'm your host, Kelly Mason, mum, wife, and animal lover from rural Australia. I've never met a natural yarn I didn't like. So let's get excited and get ready to shower them with high fiber vibes. Alrighty, so let's get started. I'm so excited and I know that you're excited too. We're makers and we love to plan, we love to get themed, we love to make things to gift, and it really brings us a lot of joy. So one thing that I often struggle with is how commercialized holidays have become. And I don't want this to be like a I hate commercialism podcast, (laughs) because that's not it. But I think it can take a lot of the joy out of a holiday when you simply feel pressured to buy things to fit in, to gift to someone because that's just what's done. So I'm only speaking from my own experience here in Australian culture, but it's very often that, you know, if you go to an Easter event, you bring chocolates for the kids, maybe some nicer chocolates or some different chocolates for the adults, but kids get Easter eggs from school, from the bus driver, they get Easter eggs from everywhere, the dentist, the hairdresser, you get a lot of eggs around Easter time. And I think that's because people love to show love. They love to give gifts. They love to make kids smile and make kids happy. But one of the things I find really hard as a mum is controlling all of this chocolate. You know, some kids aren't really that big on chocolate. Both of my kids, (laughs) they get it from me, uh, love chocolate. And so sometimes it's really hard to balance that, you know, what's actually good for their bodies and what is going to make them feel good with enjoying the spirit of the season and receiving gifts that others want to give. So what I wanted to do with this little podcast episode was give you some ideas for gifts that are not chocolate and not chocolate related because I feel like chocolate is covered 
if you want chocolate, <laughs> there is no shortage of chocolate. So I wanted to give you some little things that you can help fill up Easter baskets with or maybe gift to you know your friends, kids or something like that particularly if you have friends or family who don't accept chocolates at Easter time, it can be hard to find gifts that are useful. Now, I know sometimes people, and more recently this is becoming more popular, which is fantastic, they will gift books or pajamas, or slippers or like rabbit themed artwork, something like that. But still, I feel like this often falls into the trap of just buying things because we're meant to and we feel like we should. So it often means buying synthetic, you know, kids' pajamas always are highly flammable. There's just so many crazy things and it's very hard to support your values and your gifting ideas. So this is really just a great podcast to help you figure out some quick and simple gifts that you can give that will be given with love and will be received with gratitude that don't involve chocolate. So let's get started. Now, of course, we're also focusing on cotton for this episode because I love cotton and it is a fiber that's a little bit challenging. So I really wanted to highlight it. Also, if you are one of my beautiful Wellspun subscribers, this will be perfect for you because your most recent box had cotton in it. So I just wanted to share this with you, with everybody. When I first started my subscription box, I did a lot of research. 41% of people I surveyed said that they wanted to try something new. They wanted to try new fibers. And so I thought cotton might be a perfect fiber because a lot of people have possibly spun cotton tops or cotton sliver or something like that what I put in my most recent box was cotton from the cotton gin. So it's not as heavily processed. It still has some vegetable matter in it. And I'm kind of equating it in my head to like, you know, the ugly carrots <laughs> you get from the grocery store. Here we have Coles and Woolworths are our main grocery stores, uh, supermarkets, and they both have their own line in Coles. They're called uh, I'm Not Perfect, I think. And so sometimes we'll get, you know, the I'm Not Perfect carrots and they're pretty ugly. They're like knobbly and really big and then the next one's really small and really wonky and they're great they're just carrots but they don't look perfect so what I kind of gave my subscribers um, just this past month was some kind of ugly carrot fiber that at first might seem a little bit like oh what do I do with this so I really wanted to support my subscribers but also support everybody else who is looking for thoughtful kind loving ways to go through the next holiday period which is Easter so Let's get started. First of all, I just want to tell you a few little things you can look for because we're all going to buy chocolate. I feel like it's unrealistic to be like, don't buy chocolate at Easter. We all love chocolate. So if you're going to buy chocolate at Easter, there's a few things you can do to help make your chocolate purchases more sustainable and make it feel better for you so you don't feel like you're cornered or pressured into buying last minute. So if you love Easter at chocolate, and your budget allows, I would recommend looking for small businesses that make chocolates. So lots and lots of little startup businesses make chocolates. You can buy them online and they can be shipped to you. They have beautiful chocolates, really beautiful flavors. And of course they are more expensive, but I think the thing I'm uh, trying to do with my own family, inside my own family, is make us appreciate the quality over the quantity. So I don't want my kids to expect an Easter basket with 20 chocolates in it. I want them to have an Easter basket with maybe one or two really well-made like small business chocolates that they really appreciate and they can taste and they enjoy and they're very happy with that. So that's kind of why looking for small businesses means you spend maybe the same amount but you get less but you value it more. 
that makes sense. <laughs> so obviously everyone can't afford handmade chocolates. So if your budget doesn't allow for that, what you can do in the supermarket is look for chocolates wrapped in foil or cardboard. Anything with plastic or like a plastic film or a plastic window is just going to create more waste. But if you choose chocolates that are wrapped in foil or cardboard, those can be recycled. And I know recycling is not the perfect solution, but it's the best option. And if that fits your budget, go for that option. Another tip is to save all the Easter egg wrappers in a little container. We did this last year and roll all of the foil up into one big ball. It makes it so much easier to recycle and they actually don't accept really small balls. So you need to collect them and scrunch them into one big ball to have any kind of effective recycling take place. So that kind of covers the main chocolate things you can think about when you are buying chocolate this Easter. However, if you're looking for gift ideas that don't involve any chocolate, uh, we're going to get into four super simple crochet gifts that you can make with cotton yarn to fill out any Easter basket in the most thoughtful and beautiful way. So project number one is cotton face scrubbies and you likely will have come across these before but you may not have so I just want to describe them quickly. They're kind of Typically they're circular and they're a little small thing, maybe about the size of an apple in diameter, and you use them to wash your face or to remove your makeup or to apply you know, any kind of uh, cleansing water, those kinds of things. So they're little crocheted, typically crocheted circles of cotton that you can use in the bathroom. And they're really simple and really quick. So I love that. Even if you're still learning to spin and cotton is a little bit challenging to spin, you usually will end up with kind of irregular cotton yarns when you're learning. You won't have perfect consistency, but these cotton face scrubbies are perfect because they don't have to be perfect. You're not trying to get gauge. It doesn't matter so much if they're a little bit uneven or a little bit wonky. So it's the perfect project if you're just starting out spinning cotton and you have a bit of a lumpy skin Again, you don't know what to do with make some cotton face scrubbies also if you're just learning how to crochet and maybe your tension's a bit wobbly or you've never crocheted they're actually a really easy beginner like very very beginner you can get more complex patterns but can also get super simple ones so cotton face scrubbies are a perfect gift now these could be maybe for like little kids trying to teach them you know how to take care of their skin at the end of the day to wash off the sunscreen perfectly suited for adults you know maybe you have a girlfriend who loves to wear makeup this could be like a slightly more uh, environmentally friendly way to remove her makeup it really is quite suitable for many different people so I have linked I've actually created a Pinterest board for you all so I have a link in the show notes and you can click through to that and you will find a whole bunch of free tutorials so you can pick a pattern that you like a color or a shape that you like of course cotton is very easy to dye so you could dye your cotton yarn after you've spun it or you could dye your cotton before you spin it of course or you could just make simple white ones so there's lots of variations here but check out the Pinterest board for some inspiration now, the great thing about using cotton for these is that cotton is really durable. It's really soft on your skin and it's super easy to wash because it's not wool. It doesn't shrink. So you can just chuck it in your normal load of laundry and it's clean. So it's also super absorbent, which is great for, you know, washing and cleaning and that kind of stuff. So cotton face scrubbies are my number one gift and I think they would be perfect for lots of different people. Number two. Amigurumi softies. Now, most people, if they've been in the knitting or crochet world, will have come across this before. But essentially, amigurumi is the Japanese word for crocheted or knitted stuffed doll. So they're kind of like a, a handmade doll 
what kid wouldn't love to get one of these beautiful, softy, one-of-a-kind friends for Easter? You could make a little rabbit or a carrot or a rabbit holding a carrot. You could make a bilby. Here in Australia, we're trying to uh, use the bilby as a symbol of Easter. You know, you could use any kind of animal and you'd be giving the kids like a beautiful gift without sugar highs and crashes and all that kind of stuff that actually brings them hours upon hours of snuggles and fun and really imaginative play. So these little toys can be very detailed and intricate, but they can also be quite simple and quick. So all you need to do is just choose a pattern that kind of matches your skill level. If this is your first time doing Amigurumi, you might want to choose a more simple pattern. And if you've done it a lot, you can choose whatever pattern you like. So again, you can choose a different style. There are some kind of rustic, you know, whimsical woodland style. There are some that are kind of cartoony and super cutesy. So just find something you think would suit your little person and go for it. So this is another way to use your hand spun cotton yarn, even if they aren't super consistent because softies are forgiving. And sometimes it's the ones that are a bit wobbly or, you know, imperfect that kids are drawn to the most. I actually made my son a a fox, a Migurumi fox, when he was just an infant. He was way too little to play with it, but that's what I, I did. And it actually turned out way larger than it should have. Like it was the size of him <laughs> when I made it. And the neck is always floppy. I didn't get the stuffing quite, quite right. But you know what? He's almost seven and he still loves Foxy. Foxy is quite bedraggled looking because I ran out of yarn and I had to change colors and all these different things, but he loves that toy. So I really wanted to include these kinds of softy toys for kids at Easter because I think sometimes we have this ingrained kind of need to be perfect or to create and like you're only allowed to gift things that are perfect and you know flat and square or whatever they kind of look really polished but I wanted to kind of encourage you to indulge in some kid-like play yourself get a little wild and create like maybe some truly fantastical softy that your little loved one would absolutely die for they love you know crazy animals with horns and lots of eyes and sparkles and all that kind of thing so i really wanted to encourage you to try amigurumi if you haven't and start with a simple pattern cotton again is easy here because it can be tossed in the wash when it's needed and it's also durable so it'll stand up to all those years of cuddles Number three is soap savers. So we're kind of going back to the bathroom. Soap savers are essentially like a little bag that you pop your soap into. And if you haven't come across these before, you might be thinking like, what the, why would I put my soap in a bag? Let me tell you, have you ever had one of those shower moments where the soap kind of like flip flops across your arm like a fish and you go like trying to catch it and then it does a perfect nosedive straight down onto your very vulnerable toes? You have, haven't you? Like everybody has dropped the soap on their toe and you might even said a bad word or two. I sure know I have because it hurts like buggery. So this is where our little non-chocolate gift number three comes in handy because soap savers little bags pop your soap into and what it does two things so the first thing that i love is it stops that fish flop smash scenario because the soap is easy to hold on to when you're holding on to the soap in a bag it's way less slippery so that's great for me because my toes don't get a sore but it's also great for little kids if you have ever watched your three-year-old in the shower trying to wash themselves with a bar of soap you would know that the soap basically goes everywhere except on their bodies. Like it's on the wall, it's on the floor, it's on the glass door. The soap just never gets on their bodies. It hits their toes. And in the end, they just don't want to wash with soap. 
So if you pop the soap into a soap saver bag, they can hold on to it and they can actually scrub away and you'll have clean babies at the end of the day, which is wonderful. The second reason that these soap savers are so great and sort of more in line with why they were invented is that they actually save your soap by making it go further. So you can get like a soap dish that's also known as a soap saver that kind of raises the soap up in the air a little bit so it dries all the way around. But that's kind of the principle behind the soap saver bags too is it keeps it off surfaces. So you know if you use your soap and you put it on like the inbuilt soap dish, you get soap scum, the bottom is still kind of wet. It's just kind of gross. If you use it in your soap bag, you can hang it up, it drains and it dries all the way around in between showers, which is wonderful. It also goes further. A lot of the time when you're just using soap on its own, a lot of that lather just like quickly runs down the drain. But if you use a soap bag, it's kind of like a loofah and a bar of soap. So it kind of foams up and it just makes your soap last longer. It's great because you get, you know, a bit of like a loofah exfoliation, you get less scum in the shower and you get less sore toes. So you'll still want to replace your soap saver every sort of like couple of months, two to three months, depending on how many family members use it, I guess, how many kids you have, all that kind of thing. But the best thing about using cotton is that you can just put it straight in your compost. There's no like nasty synthetics or microplastics or anything like that. And it only takes you like one little crochet session to make a new one because they're so small and simple. So I love these soap savers. They're kind of along the same lines of felted soap, if you have heard of that. But I do find the soap saver bags are actually easier to make the correct size, if that makes sense. So definitely give it a go. If you look in the Pinterest board that's linked in the show notes, you'll find lots of different patterns to make your own little soap saver bag. The fourth project is a gathering bag. So last but definitely not least, I chose a market style bag perfect for gathering eggs on an egg hunt or treasures any time of year. So I'm sure you can picture the kind of like crocheted uh, cotton market bags that are really simple to take to the grocery store or to the markets, wherever you're going. And they're so simple because you can follow a pattern, even if you're a beginner, or you can literally just make it up as you go. If you have crocheted before, you can literally just run with it and have fun. I've made several over the years and I've even gifted some to my kids' teachers as end of year gifts. And I just love it because they're super practical while still being like a fun and exciting gift to give. Especially when you think of like your little ones with their own like kid sized bag. Like my daughter has a few handbags and she loves them because they're little and they're the right size for her. So you could make a little gathering bag or a little market bag. Your kids could go on an Easter egg hunt if you have one or if they have one at school. They could pop their cute little amigurumi softie in there to take to lunch at grandma's or they could just fill it with usual kid kid things, you know, like a coloring book and toys, and snacks, drink bottle, all that kind of stuff. Of course, you can also make a full-size one if you're going to gift to a grown-up. And what I love about these kind of market bags is they're super lightweight to take when you know you're going to pick up a few things. So obviously, they don't hold a whole bunch. But if I know I'm just picking up a few things or if I'm going to the post office maybe with a few parcels, I always use my market bags because they're so lightweight that when they're empty, you can just pop it in your handbag and you're all done. Again, being cotton, you just toss them in the washing machine when they get dirty, hang them out to dry. There's like no special care needed. And I love this because I think sometimes the best gifts are just the most simple ones, the ones that can be used and appreciated and remind the gifty of the person who made it for them. That's a wrap without the wrapping. 
<laughs> there you have it, four simple but super sweet and thoughtful gifts to pop in your Easter baskets this year that are not chocolate. <laughs> Each one can lessen your impact on the planet in some small way, they can make someone smile and feel loved, or they can inspire and support creative play in both you and your giftee. So I hope you really enjoyed them. Now, if you don't crochet, I know I've spoken a lot about crochet in this episode and I don't typically because I do crochet and I have for many years. I actually learned to crochet before I could really knit, but I just don't talk about it much, I guess. So anyhow, if you don't crochet, don't fret because I've also linked plenty of knitting ideas over in the Pinterest board. So most of these things have patterns. Well, all of the things I've mentioned have patterns for knitting or crochet. So just choose the one that suits you. Find a suitable skill level. If you're just a beginner, go for a simple design. But honestly, there's no reason why you can't join in the fun and make at least one of these four projects. Again, be sure to click in the show notes through to the Pinterest board. I've pinned lots of free tutorials showing you how to make all of the projects we've spoken about. I hope that these four little gift ideas put a spring in your step. And I would love to know if you decide to make any of these with your own cotton yarns. So you can definitely head over to my blog post, which is also linked in the show notes and leave a comment for me. If you're one of my subscribers, I hope that you are having a wonderful time spinning your cotton, taking it slow, listening to the meditation and really just feeling the gratitude and enjoying the process of spinning cotton because now you have a few projects lined up that you know won't take you much time and they will create beautiful, wonderful gifts this Easter. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope you loved this episode. I love sharing my passion and my enthusiasm for fiber with you. I have one quick favor to ask. If you love this podcast, could you please leave me a review and a quick rating or send this episode to a friend you think would love to hear it. You can always send me an email, kelly at spindleandcompany.com.au with suggestions or questions or praise. (laughs) And yes, I know email is a bit old school, but you won't find me on socials at the moment because I'm working really hard to be more present in my daily life. Until next time, happy spinning.